The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. This is the Insulone Podcast, where I, own Costello, try to redefine diabetes. In this week's episode, and then shortly after that, I realized, whoa, if I train consistently, it has a massive benefit to my diabetes and my, my blood sugar. Because of that, it was the incentive for me to just train consistently. But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulon podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes, please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to the Insulone Podcast with myself and Mr. Graham O'Toole. It's good to be back. We were just discussing there beforehand. When was the last time we actually recorded one? Um, and we think it was maybe three weeks ago because we did stockpile them before Christmas. We got a few in the can so we could release them over Christmas time as we enjoyed the festivities. Mm. But Owen, how was your holidays? How did you get on? Yeah, it was really good. It was certainly, certainly different this time around compared to previous years. Obviously, with the current climate globally, with regard to the virus and that kind of thing, so there wasn't much social. Well, there was pretty much no socializing this year. But had a nice low key Christmas time with my my family, which was really nice. Ate a lot of bad food, drank a lot of alcoholic drinks. Blood sugars were all over the place for a couple of days, but. Uh, yeah, it was well worth it. I saw you put up on your Instagram just asking how to your followers, how was your blood sugars over Christmas? The responses were mixed. What did you find from them? Yeah, it was in, it was interesting. I suppose that was that was my that was a way of getting reassurance for my for myself. Even though, look, I always manage things very well, but Christmas time is just kind of a bit of a write off, as I said. More food, more drinks, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah, there was a lot of mixed responses from the answers that I got. Some were my blood sugars were a nightmare. Others were perfect, hundred percent in range. So a bit of everything, and it's kind of what I expected. This time of year, generally, people will let loose slightly more than any other time of the year. So look. Bloods up and down, insulin requirements doubling, not getting much sleep, not moving much. It's expected. What did you have for the Christmas dinner? How did it look this year? 
Unreal. I don't, I don't think I've eaten as much food in my life. About 100 potatoes on my plate, a pound of gravy, just loads of veg, loads of turkey, stuffing, just oh, so good. Getting hungry even thinking about it. Did you have dessert? Had a few Baileys. That was about it. Which Ooh. which skyrocketed my blood sugar. Baileys is just pumped full of sugar. Yeah. So so uh, had a few dodgy readings after the after the Baileys. Baileys is a real Christmas thing. Christmas thing though, isn't it? I, I rarely see anybody drinking Baileys any other time, bar around the holiday season. Or is Baileys a thing in the states as well? Or is it just an Irish thing? I it's a, yeah it's it strikes me as a very festive sort of drink. The, <laughs> do you know what? The only time I've drank Bailey's not around Christmas time, I was going out to town at my cousin a number of years ago, and we were like, "Ah, oh, we'll have a few drinks before we go out." And then we were kind of like, oh, "I don't want to drink the normal couple of cans or vodka or whatever it is." I don't know. So we were like, "Ah, oh, we'll we'll get a bottle of Bailey's." <laughs> So what we did was we bought a full liter of Bailey's, put it all in a blender with ice, blended it up, and then drank that. And we were getting the taxi into town. And it was like the end of the night already. I, it's because it's so heavy. Yeah, yeah. And it was like half a liter of Bailey's nearly. And I was like, oh, stop, nearly getting sick. So it was founded in London in 1973, but it's owned by... The Gilbys of Ireland, trademark is currently owned by Diageo, 17% alcohol. So sweet, though. You know the tequila that I like to drink, the Mezcal? Yeah. I bought a bottle of that over Christmas time, and I was talking to the the guy in the shop selling it to me, and he said, George Clooney is one of the co-founders of Casamigos, which is the Mezcal that I like. And apparently, only recently... George Clooney sold Casamigos for 980 million. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that unreal? As if he didn't have enough money. I think I heard that he, um, I could be wrong here, I'll Google it here, that he, you know, he's part of the Nespresso ads. Yeah, I've seen him on the ads a few yeah, times. I think he, Is he part owner? He's a good guy. I don't think he's part owner, but I think he donates his fee for that to charity. Nespresso money. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Uh, He's paid Nespresso pays George Clooney over forty million dollars, and he invested in a satellite. <laughs> and he invested in a satellite over Sudan. Oh my god! Sometimes spent in a bizarre way. So he invested in a satellite over Sudan. Now that is literally the first. Oh, yeah, something about a satellite in Africa. Now I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but let's move on. And we're talking about George. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of rambling here. Yeah. It's actually starting to rain right now, so. Can It'll be hear? over to me in a few minutes then, because you're what you're about twenty minutes south of me here. It'll blow in, over. It'll blow over. Owen, Christmas is over. We're into twenty twenty one, and the first week of the year is always a very special year for you. Well, over the last nine years anyway, because it is your anniversary. It is indeed my second birthday. Yeah. So it on the sixth. So actually, right now. Yeah. Because that's when the podcast will be released was the date that i was diagnosed with diabetes so all those years ago what a crazy time it's been up to this point i have to say it's certainly something that i hadn't planned while i was growing up and um, because obviously i was diagnosed later in life so yeah 
the, the, the thought of living with a chronic illness every day hadn't exactly crossed my mind. Well, Owen, to celebrate your diversity, whenever you have a guest on, you always finish your interviews with, if you had the opportunity to thank diabetes for something, what would it be? And the answers are always positive. Hmm. Always. They're always kind of, obviously, when you get the news that you're diagnosed with diabetes, you you may feel it's the worst thing in the world and maybe you, your family as well kind of struggle to cope with it. But once you kind of get used to it and you get involved with the community and you feel like it actually becomes a positive. So Owen, let's talk about five positives you've taken from your diagnosis. I don't want one thing you're thankful for. I want five things over the last nine years since your diagnosis on your diversary week. Five things. Mm, I'm lucky to say that there are actually many things that you can take as a positive from your life with, with type 1 diabetes. So as you said, initially on the surface, when you're diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, it's like, oh shit, this is very bad. But it's when you dig a little deeper, you realize that, look, yes, on the surface, this is bad. There's a lot more to it and there's a lot of positives you can take from it, like most things in your life. So there are definitely positives with my diabetes and in no particular order, they would, I suppose my top five would be new appreciation for health itself. Yeah. What my diagnosis has led to in my life personally, how it has affected my drive day to day and my desire to do things um, how it has influenced my fitness career let's call it mm-hmm. and my fitness levels and then how it has given me a real sense of purpose in my life so they would be the five that would jump out at me the most now obviously it's important for me to explain them <laughs> a bit better so appreciation for health i think that's something that my my attention was drawn to that quite quickly when I was diagnosed because if if you kind of know a bit of my diabetic diagnosis story, you'll realize that, look, I was 19 at the time. I had lived a healthy and fit life up to this point. As I said, the, the, the thought of associating the word diabetes with myself had just never crossed my mind. That was just on a, on a different planet. So... When essentially like the flick of a switch, I was told that you're a quote unquote healthy person to now somebody who has to live with type one diabetes for the rest of their life. You realize how fragile your health can be. And despite the fact that I was so healthy, so active, always into sport, always managed the food that I ate to still be diagnosed with this thing it's like oh jesus this kind of proves that things can happen to you regardless of what you do to try and keep yourself healthy or whatever it is so do you think there was a switch when you were diagnosed that i don't know we're all guilty of it we're not living in the moment we're always thinking about the future we're all we're not appreciating the now was there a switch in you that actually said do you know what i'm going to really just appreciate the here and now I realize yeah. how easy it is for something to go wrong. So let's just really enjoy the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a, a similar thought that quite often kind of echoes through 
the diabetic community of that sense of appreciation of things because even now that I've lived with the condition for nearly 10 odd years you still have days where you feel like shit and then you still have days where everything is perfect and because of that it's kind of like a constant fluctuation of how you feel physically and mentally when you're living with things and trying to deal with it and because of that you almost have a more heightened sense of how to live in the present because as i said you see how fragile health can be and not even just for myself because i've kind of gone through this and live with this every day you learn to appreciate the health of your family too because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow you don't know what's going to happen next week or next month or next year so it's really that flick of the switch i always say of the realization of how fragile and i suppose delicate your health can be Mm. so again yeah i appreciate my own health and of course i appreciate my family and friends health as a result of that and i don't actually i don't know if i've told you this yet you probably saw it on instagram but i also appreciate the time that i have been diagnosed because over the christmas holidays my or we went over to my auntie's house for dinner before the third lockdown now that we're in but she came out and said i have a, i have a present for own and i was like what the? like I, we don't usually get presents off extended family for christmas so i was like what's this about so she came out with a shoe box and i was like did she get me a new pair of shoes or something but she she gave it to me and i opened up the top and it was this really really old weighing scales and I have it on my desk right here, but it's basically the weighing scales that my great grandmother used to weigh her food No way! because she was the only other type one diabetic in my family apart from me. Wow. And for me to look at this rusty old scales that has like a two ounce weight, a one ounce weight, a half ounce weight that she used to use to weigh her food to carb count as accurately as she could. So it's, yeah, I've, I've a massive appreciation of my health now, despite having diabetes, but I also have a massive appreciation for the time that I have been diagnosed mm, Yeah, because to compare managing type one diabetes then to now it's impossible because I have a smartphone. I can use apps to, count my calories, count my carbs, everything, digital weighing scales, all different types of insulin, different tech, different, like everything. She had this terrible, rusty old, it probably wasn't as rusty back then, but this really rusty, like quite inaccurate way of carb counting. And then her hybrid dose of insulin, which would have been maybe like, two injections a day of fast and long kind of mixed together fast and long acting insulin mixed together so for me it's almost like because of that i sometimes feel like how dare i complain about something nowadays because my great-grandmother obviously so my, my dad's granny okay had lived with it dealing with it the way she had to so it's like i have everything 
quite conveniently. Of course, it's not ideal to be living with type one, but compared to back then, she lived her life. She did what she had to do. I now have to do what I have to do. So imagine another three generations time where it will go then. And they'll be looking back on the 2000s of, oh, my God, I can't believe they only had it on their phone. How difficult (laughs) was that? Yeah. Oh my God. They used a to robot didn't come over and inject them and follow yeah. them around all day. What? Yeah. They had something connected to their body to to monitor their blood sugar. That's what? insane. Yeah. So, yeah. As I said, an appreciation for my health, definitely. That's that's one of the standouts for me. And I think because diabetes is such a constant way of living, you learn to appreciate each moment. As best you can. Like, it's not like I'm, I'm living in the present all day, every day. <laughs> but as much as I can, I try to. I'm more conscious of it nowadays. Uh, your second one was, you said, what it has led to was your second positive. Uh, vague enough. How do you mean? So for me personally, two big things that me being diagnosed with diabetes <clears throat> Excuse me. There we go. The voice break. Every every episode happens. Uh, New Year, same voice break. Oh, stop. No matter how old I get, it's... (laughs) (laughs) So two of the big things that that diabetes has led to in my life is my now business that I have and the friends that I have met as a result. So I think I touched on it briefly in, in... an earlier episode of the podcast, but I always knew that I wanted to do my own thing in terms of like a work and career or whatever it was, but I just kind of never knew what that would be. And to now have my diagnosis flipped from that negative into the positive that it is in my life each day, which has now evolved into the business that I run I can't imagine not doing that. And then obviously a sub part of that is the podcast. Yeah. Like if, if I wasn't doing what I, what I was doing business wise, the podcast wouldn't exist either. And as we know, Graham, we love the podcast. We do love the podcast. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I'm grateful for too. So exactly. it has led to business opportunities, connections as well. And also I suppose then that leads into the third positive, which is your drive your drive Mm. to create a successful business and also outside of diabetes as well. You're a very driven person as well in other aspects of life. Yeah, I think I've always kind of naturally been someone that wants to do well at things. I've always like worked hard. Well, most things. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to achieve in whatever I was doing. Um, But Diabetes plays such a big part in that because it's it creates that natural sense of discipline and routine that you need each day. Because if you want to, let's say, successfully manage your diabetes, and what I mean by successful is like you being on top of it, managing your blood sugar as best as you can and staying within range for most of the day. You're not fluctuating up and down, up and down. And you feel as if you are controlling your diabetes rather than diabetes controlling you. So because of that constant, I suppose it's a constant need 
and it's a necessity that you have a routine each day, that then transfers into other aspects of your life. Because if you know that, right, I'm getting up at this time to take my insulin, I'm going to have my breakfast at this time, take that insulin, I'm going to take my insulin for lunch at this time, dinner this time, go to bed at this time, take my long-lasting insulin at this time, whatever it is, it's super regimented. And because you have that kind of core routine and discipline and plan to your day, other things fit into that so nicely. And I always say to, I always say to, to people that I work with, it's you fit your diabetes into your day and then you fit your day back into your diabetes. So it's like the core, essentially the core of my day is managing my blood sugar because I know personally that if my blood sugar isn't managed to how I know it should be, then other aspects of my day will be affected. So because I already have that high standard like every other diabetic does, to keep things in range as much as possible. It's easy to make that shift into your work life, your relationship, your training, your whatever it is. Which leads us nicely into your fourth positive, which is fitness. Now, you were a fit guy before you got diagnosed. You were playing football. Were you were you gymming as well? You're doing a bit. I was doing a bit. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I joined the gym, um, I think the year before I was diagnosed, but wasn't really consistent with it. I was kind of going every every now and then. Yeah. And then I was diagnosed. And then shortly after that, I realized, whoa, <laughs> if I train consistently, it has a massive benefit to my diabetes and my my blood sugar. So because of that it was the incentive for me to just train consistently so they both helped each other your your fitness helped your diabetes but your diabetes and your discipline with your diabetes also helped your fitness yeah exactly it's kind of like a a symbiotic relationship between the two where it's like because i know that my blood sugar will just be so much easier to manage if my insulin sensitivity is increased because of the exercise that i'm doing that makes me stay consistent. And then on the other side of that, because I am consistent with my diabetes and my eating and my sleep patterns, let's say too, that obviously has a big impact on my training. So yeah, it's kind of like that back and forth of fitness benefits my blood sugar, blood sugar benefits my fitness. Now, I don't mean that to say that you are at an advantage if you're diabetic, that's just not the case at all. And people are under that impression sometimes that, oh my God, you take insulin, therefore you can build muscle easier. Yeah, just, I, 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 oh. you've got a few of those back in the day. It's oh. just because you have a good physique. People just presume because they see you injecting something. Oh, that's steroids, is it? Yeah, that's yeah, steroids, like, what? Um, I'm taking that to stay alive each day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and a byproduct of that too is it's an incentive for you to pay more close attention to the food that you're eating as well. So if you're kind of going to the gym and you're getting into it, but you don't really understand things as much as you would like to, if you're diabetic, it's almost like you have no choice because you need to understand certain things about the food that you're eating. You need to understand how your body is going to react to different types of training. 
And the more knowledge you get about fitness and training, the more expertise you can, in a way, apply to your training, which works both ways. But as well, fitness, I don't just classify as physical fitness. For me, fitness is about being active, being energetic, being happy, essentially. And you can't be happy just physically. You need to be happy mentally. And because, I've said it a million times before, because diabetes is more a psychological condition than it is a physical one, in a way, you really tap into the mental side of things. You really tap into how I feel today as a result of whatever it is. How do I feel today as a result of my blood sugar? How do I feel today as a result of the exercise I have or haven't done? How do I feel around the sleep that I did or didn't get? And I feel that if I wasn't diabetic, I might not notice these things as much. I feel as if I might just kind of go about my day almost in like a kind of subconscious sort of way. Whereas now that I am diabetic, and I've said it a million times again in the podcast previously, it's all about living consciously. Every single thing I do, I try to understand why am I doing it? What will that result in? How will I benefit? How how may I be affected? So you're just kind of more in tune with your body (laughs) and your mind in a way. Which is nice. And then I suppose wrapping it all up, which kind of ties it all together for your fifth positive since your diagnosis is your purpose, which is a huge thing because I know many people who don't feel like they have a purpose. And for your diagnosis, which at a time nine years ago was a negative thing to now being your main purpose is absolutely huge. Yeah. And I think if somebody had a came to the hospital bed when I was diagnosed, when I was like, less than 48 hours away from a coma and said, look, fast forward nine, 10 years, this is what you'll be doing. I would have been like, you are a lunatic. Absolutely not. It's never going to happen. Like it, it, I wouldn't have even seen it as being relevant in any way. But because of my diagnosis, because of my life up to this point, I do genuinely believe that this is my purpose. And it's, satisfying and terrifying at the same time because of like and i know i've said this to you plenty of times off the podcast where it's like because i know what i'm doing how do i even phrase this i don't know i just feel like it's sometimes rare for people to fully find what it is that they feel they should be doing and because i genuinely believe that i have found that for myself Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't even. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Do you feel a say. kind of a sense of massive responsibility? Yeah, in a way. But yeah, like, and even just the messages that I get from some people, based off like people that I work with one to one, or even people on Instagram, or people who listen to the podcast. Some of the feedback that I get, and some of the messages that they write to me, just like, oh my god, this hmm. is this is it. This is what I need to be doing because of that. I fully understand and appreciate how difficult it can be to live with this. So when I kind of lay it all out on the line personally with my own experience from the condition and people respond well to that and say, whoa, I feel the exact same way or whatever it is. 
it just kind of reiterates the fact that this is my purpose in a way, which is really nice. So the, the point I'm trying to get across here with this episode is the fact that, look, I fully understand and appreciate the fact that diabetes is on the surface a terrible thing to be diagnosed with. Nobody wants to be diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, including myself. But it's when we dig a little deeper and we start looking into things in more detail and obviously inevitably when our lifestyle starts changing, other things may come up. As in, we may eat better food, we may take better care of our health, we may exercise more as a result of our diagnosis. So what I've listed out are what I have found to be positives for myself from my own experience. You may relate to these obviously yourself too, but based on who you are and how you live your life and how you you live with your type 1 diabetes, you may find five completely different positives. But I can guarantee you there's positives there. This is something that, yes, unfortunately, we have to live with for the rest of our lives. But put some work into looking a bit deeper, scratching under the surface and seeing what you can take as a positive with your daily life living with diabetes because it's not always going to be good. It's not always going to be bad. So it's important to identify what you can take as a positive. All right. You can definitely relate to appreciating your health, your health, having more structure or routine to your day and connecting with the online diabetic community. You'll find plenty of friends from all over the world. It's unreal. It's probably one of my favorite parts of being diabetic. So that in itself are three positives right there. So do what you can. Put some work in to try and find out and navigate your way through some positives. And you will definitely find something, I guarantee you. Well, I think on behalf of the listener, I know I'm not diabetic, but I do follow your journey and I've seen the comments and I do see the emails coming through. I think a massive positive from everyone else is the fact that you were diagnosed and because you have been a massive help to the diabetic community. And I remember it's not too many years ago where you were talking about setting up the Instagram page to kind of kickstart this and how nervous you were. And look, maybe that was a three or four years ago. And here we are today with over 20,000 followers of podcast and daily advice. And I think on behalf of the listener as well, big thank you from them (laughs) that you're that they're glad that your purpose is diabetes awareness because you've been a massive help to them i hope so yeah that means a lot so thank you graham and it's not me i'm just speaking i'm i'm be i'm the medium through which the diabetics are speaking (laughs) that listen to this podcast anybody feel that way thank you and i appreciate it but bonus positive of diabetes is you now have a lifetime Get out of jail free card. Yeah. B- oh, big time. I've used it so, so many. If, what, if you get invited to a party or something, they don't want to yeah, go to you. Like, like, oh, if my blood sugars are low. 100%. It's like <laughs> if, if somebody asks you to do something and you don't want to do it, you're like, oh, oh, my blood sugars are low or my blood sugars are high. I can't. Or <laughs> maybe there's a day you don't <laughs> want to go to work or get out, get off work early. Yeah. Just blame it on the diabetes. I asked for five. You gave six. Brilliant. Well, look, I'm, I'm still going. I'm still going big one that I love to use is 
well, sometimes if you are selfish with the food that you eat and you don't want to share what you get, say you've already injected yourself for that exact amount. No one's, no one's ever going to question it. And also, if you... What about, oh, I'm just throwing one here. What if you end up going to a house and someone cooks dinner for you and it's shit? Can you say, <laughs> I can't yeah. eat that. Can't I'll, eat that, I'll, I'll die. Spike. I, could, I could go into a coma pretty yeah. soon if I have... I probably die yeah, if I eat that. Horrible mashed potato. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, and thank you very much for that. I'm just going to touch on one thing because I know we were chatting yesterday, myself and you. Um, you were talking about fitness and I know it's this time of year where everybody's getting back into the fitness buzz or people are trying to kickstart their buzz as well. And I know in Ireland, and it's probably the same in the UK, and I know we've got a lot of listeners in the US as well, Ireland has gone back into like full restrictions, so the gyms are closed. But we said we would take this opportunity because it is January and people might be thinking about making a bit of a change in their life. And look, they can listen back when the gyms open again. For the next three episodes we're going to touch on fitness and the different types of fitness and how it affects your blood sugar. So next week, I think we said we're going to do cardio, then the week afterwards, high intensity training, and then the week afterwards, resistance training. So for the next three weeks, if you are interested in fitness or if you're thinking about getting into it, Owen, you're going to describe how different training affects your blood sugar levels. Yeah, absolutely. And it's Big one, well, particularly this time of year, but it's just important for anybody to know the ins and the outs and the complications that can sometimes surround exercising with diabetes because not all exercise is the same. You will not see the same impact on your blood sugar with every type of exercise. So you might see a spike, you might see a drop, you might see a delayed spike, all these different things that just, again, add to the sometimes difficulty of living with diabetes but yeah we'll break things down simplify it if you're looking to get into a fitter kind of healthier sort of lifestyle give it a listen it's got, like most of the episodes it's going to be simplified and easy to understand and implement throughout your day so yeah, we've been wanting we've been wanting to do them episodes for a while but we just couldn't get the right moment because the gyms kept on opening and closing but we're like <laughs> It could be like this for the next year. So mm. let's just get them out there, have a listen. And maybe if the time isn't right for you now, if it happens in, during the summertime, go back, listen to the episodes and uh, yeah, listen to whatever you need when you need it in your life. Owen, thank you very much. If you have any questions or you want to comment on anything, just email the Insel Owen podcast, spell it as it says in the title on the podcast you listen to right now, at gmail.com. Anything at all, maybe there's a question, maybe someone in your life has been diagnosed, maybe you've just been diagnosed or you've been diagnosed for 50 years and you have a question for Owen. The Insel Owen podcast at gmail.com. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself, Graham. Again, anyone listening, really appreciate you listening and I hope it's adding value to your diabetic life. Chat to you soon. Happy New Year. And have a good week. Bye.